0: Hello, this is Father Sun 49ers talk. I'm Paul and I'm Wyatt. And it has been a long time since we've had a podcast. We've actually done several, uh, probably a handful of podcasts that we didn't get out. We've had just some technical issues and then just other things, you know, getting busy and not getting the podcast edited because of some of our technical issues. But yeah, so we are we're kind of set up with a new system and we're ready to go. And today, we are going to talk 49ers, free agency, specifically the defense. Um, But before we get into that, how have you been, Wyatt? Good. How about you? Uh, Doing pretty good. You guys have had all that snow up there, right?
1: We haven't had a week of school that's been normal since, I guess we haven't had one this year.
0: Yeah, right this year, yeah.
1: Days canceled, left, right, center. We've missed like 11 days.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's year. been, yeah, it's been, uh, so Wyatt's up in Iowa, and we've had that big snowstorm, big winter storm come through up in that area, Iowa, Minnesota, all those northern states, and he's just been been hit really hard by that. Fun. Yeah, it has been fun. Anyways, we're going to get into, like we said, some free agency, and we're specifically going to talk defense. So, Wyatt, how do you feel about the 49ers defense after this year?
1: After this year in particular, I can't put trust in it.
0: Why can't you trust it?
1: Just when it came down to it, personally, I mean, I have my opinion on why, but we couldn't get pass rush. We couldn't get pressure on the quarterback. And with our cover three scheme, if you can't get pressure on the quarterback, even below average quarterbacks are just going to sit there and tear you up.
0: Yeah, the cornerbacks can only cover a professional wide receiver for so long before somebody's just going to get open. And what yeah. you're saying is if we can't put that pressure on them and we can't force the quarterback to throw the ball earlier, then our cornerback performance is going to suffer.
1: Yeah, and there's some schemes that like you don't have to have that amazing pass rush. But it seems that in our scheme, you need pass rush. yeah. You-
0: yeah, you definitely need pass rush. That's kind of the the overall setup of the scheme. You know, when the Seahawks did it, um, it definitely is a critical element to our defense. So, with that being said, well, for me, I, I definitely think that after this year, we've taken a step down in what we and how I view our defense. And really, where it gets at is the whole situation where. Playing position, we have players playing out of position, like Solomon mm-hmm. Thomas. It took us forever to realize that Solomon Thomas wasn't an outside pressure. Like he can't yeah. he can't go out there and, and play that, right? He's 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 a good player if you put him in the middle and you let him play his game, but he's not that explosive pass rusher. And we just kept on trying and trying and trying. And it became frustrating to watch. You also look at the talent that we brought in to the 49ers for the defense and it just largely has not worked out and you really have to question our scouting department as far as defense and then even the play calling. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Do you think that we should have fired our defensive coordinator?
1: I mean, I don't really know because when it comes down to it, you can't play chess without chess pieces.
0: Yeah. I like that. I'm I'm of the opinion give Robert Sala another chance for another year, but if it doesn't I, work out this year, I think that we probably move on from him as defensive you. coordinator.
1: And yeah. like let Robert Sala get some pieces on that defense. Let him get what he needs. Like you can't like I said, you can't play chess without chess pieces. If you don't have the talent that you need on a defense, no matter what the play calls you put out, they aren't going to turn out because of I mean, you don't have pressure on the quarterback. If you don't have, like, a center fielder as they call it, like a good center fielder to cover up some of the mistakes with when it comes to own coverage. I mean, there's just stuff that the Niners didn't have that are needed for our defense,
0: like pass rush.
1: That's from that's the, the biggest one. That is from, the biggest.
0: One. Yeah, from the outside.
1: Yeah. Yeah, from the outside looking in.
0: Yeah, because we, we don't have the outside pass rush, but we definitely had inside pressure this year.
1: Yeah, we had inside pressure coming from Buckner. And yeah.
0: Yeah, DeForest Buckner, he had a really good season for an inside an inside defensive lineman, which was pretty good. Now, imagine if we get an outside guy to kind of come in. So we both kind of feel like our confidence in the defense has really, as a whole, going clear from the scouting to the coaching, to even the players has kind of diminished. It could be a down year and it could be, hopefully this next year we'll be able to turn it around and kind of kind of move forward, which is what we're hoping to do. Mm-hmm. But, so we've established that. So we're going to talk specifically free agency. What positions do you think that we should address in free agency and, and in what order do you think we need to address them?
1: Well, in my opinion, what I think... What should we address the free agency? I would like to see an edge rusher come in. Like, a good edge rusher. Not just a guy that you put out there. I want a good edge rusher to come in. A guy like Trey Flowers. I really like Trey Flowers if he were to come in. And he's my favorite to hit the 49ers out of this offseason. Trey Flowers is my favorite. Mm-hmm. But maybe if a guy like Demarcus Lawrence came into free agency, not going to say that it's going to happen. I don't think it will. But if he came in, I'd like to see him. Even a guy like Brandon Graham from the Eagles. If he came in, I mean, there's pass rush. I like him too. And then there's a couple other guys like Jadavion Clowney, possibly. I think he's going to get the franchise tag. Same as Demarcus Lawrence. I think, I don't know if Demarcus Lawrence wants to be there in Dallas. They franchise tagged him one year. I don't know. I've heard some stuff going on there, but he'll uh, get franchise tagged.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Ford's we'll, we'll, interesting prospect.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, we'll we'll go into those individual players here in just a minute. So you said the pass rush. What other positions do you think we should look at?
1: Mm, I'd like to see a center fielder. So like a free safety. Okay, so free
0: safety. Pass rush, free safety.
1: A linebacker.
0: Linebacker.
1: Like, I'd like to see inside linebacker. A guy like, okay, I'll get into that later, I guess.
0: And then... Uh, i like to see a corner. Yep, a corner. Okay. So then what order do you think th- that we should address those?
1: Um, in my opinion, I think it goes edge rusher, safety. And then there's a toss-up, whether we should go corner or linebacker. Because I'm not sure about you, but I still believe in a weather Weatherspoon. I mean, okay. he's, uh, he also was playing on injury.
0: I, I... – I'll go Some. with that. I'll tell you this. So we have different priorities for the offense. We have the same positions of course, which is like um the whole defense except for basically interior linemen. that's like the one position we don't need to address, right? Yeah. So let's just say we'll wrap it up we need to address every position. In order of significance. I really think the pass rush needs to come first. We need we have to bring in a pass rush guy. And then for me it's corner it's a cornerback. And so we can talk about this just a second. You were talking about Kill Will- Witherspoon, and you said you still believe in him. And you know what? I still believe in Akil Witherspoon. I really honestly do. What I would like to see is for us to bring in an experienced veteran cornerback that is good. I'm not looking for a superstar. I'm, I'm looking for somebody who can perform at an NFL level on an average defense we're looking for an average performance and if we bring two of those guys in even just one what that does is that creates competition and you know what we're going to have to pay him a little bit of money but if we bring in a guy that can play football he's good he's a good NFL player and then a killer witherspoon beats him out that's awesome that's a win win that's a win win for us and for a killer witherspoon and even for the other cornerback that we brought in to the 49ers I don't want to go out and pick up the hottest cornerback free agent that's not what I want I want us to go out and find solid cornerbacks that we can put on our roster that could be average starters on other teams
1: for example I mean just trying to throw a guy guy out there that I mean immediately when you start talking what you're looking for immediately comes to my head for me uh Kareem Jackson of the Houston Texans
0: yeah Kareem Jackson okay
1: he's gonna be free agency are in in free agency um a a couple more guys that i have down here but they're more the top end corners for uh this free agency i don't know if i really like both of them just for i don't know i just don't know if i like both of them fits for the niners particularly Mm -hmm. Uh, bradley Roby and ronald darby maybe one of those guys something
0: okay yeah why do you like those guys
1: I just like them. I mean, the pure what you're talking about. They, they're they experienced, not old, but experienced. They have experience in the NFL, and they have proven that they can play in the NFL.
0: The one guy that I kind of have my eyes on that I would really like to see us bring in is Morris Claiborne. Yeah. Yeah, he's the guy that I kind of have my eyes on. And he, if we could bring Morris Claiborne in with maybe another one of the guys... Um kind of you know mid tier, I would feel really good about that, and then we can allow a killer witherspoon to play out and and do what he needs to do. The guy has the intangibles, and he has plays a killer witherspoon you he will have plays that just wow you, he can do what we need him to do, what the coaches envisioned him doing when we drafted him. he just doesn't do it consistently, and that's what we need from him. we just need him to do it consistently,
1: yeah and so my thinking is, when I put edge rush and then free safety, the reason I have free safety at two is in our scheme, our zone-heavy scheme, I mean, it's pretty common that having a good free safety, like center fielder, a guy like Earl Thomas maybe, just guys come off the top of my head. I've looked a lot into Sierra Adderley. That'll come with the draft if we do one on the draft or when we do one on the draft, who prospects are like in the draft. Sierra mm-hmm. Adderley, he's won college a guy like that bring in that helps our scheme like in our scheme that helps the corners
0: yeah absolutely like a guy like earl thomas would be amazing to have on the team and hopefully we can get him unfortunately they i just read that he registered his kids for school in was it dallas houston
1: already looked into it i also did some research on this if he wanted to go to dallas why? Why move to Houston? Are, I don't know if it's Houston. That doesn't sound right.
0: It doesn't, no. But somewhere it, in Texas. He's registered his kids three, in Texas.
1: It's three hours away from Dallas. I know that for a fact. Okay. It's closer I mean,
0: to... Houston's about there, but yeah.
1: Yeah. So maybe... I don't know. It's somewhere. It's three hours away from Dallas. And the only reason I know it's not Houston is because it's closer to Houston than it is Dallas.
0: Okay. I mean, it's that's fine. So... Um, you, you said you were doing research about it, so why would he register three hours away?
1: I mean, it comes down to it. It's a good school. Like, he's enrolling him into a, a good school, like, high-end school with all the best stuff that you expect. So is it a thing he's looking for the best for his kids? I'm thinking it's more of, like, a, a Robbie Gold thing. He moved his family and everything to uh, Chicago.
0: Well, Robbie Gold, he played right. for Chicago, and he just didn't move his family with him. Yeah, no. you remember no. that. So he played for Chicago, and then he had that really bad year, and then he got released. And that's one of the things that we need to look out for, is because Chicago's not done well with kicking, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, we're we're not going to get into we're not going do a kicker episode, but um, Robbie Gold, you know, is a really good player for us, and he's been one of our more consistent players. But he he's free agent the bears are looking for a kicker and his family lives in Chicago. They did not want to move to San Francisco, which means that his family during the season lives in Chicago and he comes to San Francisco. So he is dislocated from his family during the season. Would he go back to Chicago if they offered him a contract? I don't know. That's a good question.
1: I sure hope not. That's the answer.
0: Yeah. For food for me. thought, right? Yeah. No, okay. Okay. So, you know, we, we got a safety, you know, Earl Thomas. We definitely need to address free safety as well. Uh, that is, well, safety in general. We, we just need to strengthen that uh, secondary. I will say this. The reason why I like, so you're saying that the safety does the coordination for the secondary and strengthens the position group in general.
1: Yeah. I feel like you put a good free safety there in the middle. It's going to strengthen the, de- the defensive back core
0: overall. Okay, and I'm going off of PFF uh, positional value ratings. And they have, they actually, you know what the most valuable defensive position they have rated in the entire defense?
1: Uh, In my opinion, it'd be edge rusher, but...
0: Yeah, well, PFF's opinion, it's cornerback. They have, they have the, statistically, they have shown that cornerback is a more valuable position to the defense than a edge rush. Now. That is also to say that edge rush provides the value for the cornerback, but because of making the, you know, reducing the amount of time they have to cover essentially the wide receivers and that kind of stuff. Yeah. However, uh, for me, it is definitely going to be edge rush and cornerback that we need to address hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And safety, we do need to bring a safety in. I mean, we need a veteran in all of those positions. Yeah. Yeah. I think and then,
1: go ahead. The, I think I put corner in front of linebacker. I do.
0: Yeah, I mean I think that's a clear I think that's that's pretty clear that cornerbacks gonna go in front of linebacker. We have some pretty decent linebackers. I mean with Fred Warner. You know, we that's a good okay, so let's talk about the, the linebacker core. So what do we what are we thinking about the linebacker core, Wyatt?
1: I I like one guy out of our linebackers I like Fred Warner, and that's that. That's like, that. Yeah, for like long term, like him, or not even long term, but like for the upcoming season, guy that I, I mean, he'll be starting, in my opinion. Most people's, but um, I like Fred Warner, and that's the guy I like. There. Other than that, I'm not that big of a fan of really anyone on the roster.
0: Well. Yeah, uh, you got Fred Warner, Malcolm Smith. I really am not feeling Malcolm Smith, right? Not feeling it. Um, Elijah Lee, he played pretty well. I mean, he he's a good depth piece. We don't want him to be the starter for sure. I mean, we don't want him to to be out there every single day, but he he didn't play bad. Um, but yeah, we definitely need to have another linebacker. But again, this gets into the PFF ratings and you give it or take. I mean, you know, we all we're 49ers fans. So 49ers fans, typically we kind of have a love affair with linebackers. You know, when we had Patrick Willis and then Navarro wow. and the, the two together. Right. And we, we just, we always dream of having another pairing like that. And that's kind of what we were hoping with uh, before. But of course uh, with Ruben Foster, that didn't work out for us. So I don't know. I think that we definitely, Again, we're going to have to bring in somebody. I don't think this is a high as a priority, though. This isn't so, like we're not going to bring in a day one or two free agency guy to come in to our linebacker core. We're going to be looking more at you know the week two kind of guy, somebody that can come in, not Malcolm Smith. He needs to – I kind of feel a little bit bad talking about – I recently I've felt a little bit bad talking about these people have families, you know. They have families and, and they, they want, they're professionals. They're out there. doing their Why kind of, you know, don't get too close to your mic. You breathe ah. in like that and I can hear it really bad. Um, but yeah, so, you know, you hear that kind of stuff and it kind of makes me feel a little bit bad. So, you know, understand that I know these people have families and they have jobs and Malcolm Smith, he's, you know, he was a decent linebacker, uh, you know, some point in his career, but it isn't even whether or not he can play for us. It's that he hasn't played for us. He's been injured so much.
1: Yeah. It's not that I'm like, I'm not, when I'm talking about, I'm not talking about the guy as like a person or anything like that. I'm just talking about him and what he does on the field.
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. And I'm not
1: leaving anything but that.
0: But he hasn't been on the field for a large part of this time with us, and that's kind of the problem. And to be honest, know. he really wasn't that good when he played with the Raiders. I, there was a, that was one of those questionable kind of free agency acquisitions that we brought in. We paid him a lot of money to come in and play linebacker for us, and a lot of people in the NFL said, mm, I don't know. Hmm. So that brings into question John Lynch. And we'll we'll get more into depth. We'll talk more about the, the coaching staff and John Lynch and stuff like that. I definitely don't think they need to be on the hot seat right now, but I I will say that John Lynch has something to prove this year. Kyle Shanahan is safe. I don't think Kyle Shanahan is in danger of being fired at all this year. If we go winless, maybe. 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 That's like extreme circumstances. But I, I don't think Shanahan's gonna lose his job. If if we lose, I think the person that is in the hot seat this year is John Lynch. He's the one who's been bringing in the talent that hasn't panned out. Yeah, I agree. So we'll see. And I really like John Lynch. I really, really like John Lynch. And I, I like his personality. I like the you know reports of the culture that he has with the team, that he's built with the team, and him and Shanahan. So I feel pretty good about that. Anyways, is there any other positions or any other players oh yeah so let's get into some of the players okay so we've talked about it a little bit we talked about the you mentioned some names about the defensive linemen right the mm-hmm. edge rushers so let's start talking about them Let, tell me a little bit about the edge rushers which ones do you like and why
1: um guys that i like i'll go by guys that i think will actually hit free agency i mean demarcus lawrence i like him but i don't think he'll hit free agency and no one does Brandon Graham, same thing. Jadavion Clowney, same deal. So I like them because they're good pass rushers. Get a lot of pressure on the quarterback. They have a little bit of different uh, play or game. I mean, Jadavion Clowney plays different than Demarcus Lawrence. Brandon Graham kind of plays his own game, but Trey Flowers, I think he'll hit, and I like Trey Flowers because of the ability he has. Kind of a unique ability. I mean, he has an amazing bolt rush. You'll see him put a lot of pressure onto the quarterback, just blow through tackles, mm-hmm. offensive tackles. And you'll see him do that consistently. But then he has the athleticism to go around the outside and, and get that edge bend that you need. I mean, he's just kind of a complete player, has experience and has proven that he can play on the NFL level and get past Rush.
0: Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. so Brandon Graham. Well, hold on. We're Trey talking, Flowers. Yeah, we're talking about Trey Flowers. I'm sorry. You mentioned Brandon Graham as, earlier, and I was thinking about him as well. So Trey Flowers, I like that. So then what about Brandon Graham? Because I know that was another one that you had mentioned.
1: Brandon Graham, I like Brandon Graham. And he he consistently gets pressure from the edge rush of, from edge. But his isn't really going around the outside. His is going through people. Going through people, using good pass rush moves. That's kind of how Brandon Graham does it. Not so much using athleticism, but using power technique, something like that.
0: So does it matter how he does it if he gets there?
1: No, not so much.
0: Okay. So I like Brandon Graham too.
1: To an extent. I I don't know. No, not really.
0: I mean, I'm sure there's differences. But, I mean, for us, we're just looking at a guy who can be on the outside, you know, and then come in. And pressure, pressure and, and actually pressure.
1: Yeah. Like, yeah. As long as he gets pressure
0: yeah. and can hit the quarterback.
1: Yeah, yeah. 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 As long as he can, you know, wrap up the quarterback and make sure he touches the turf or grass. We're good.
0: Yeah. With the ball. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Preferably he knocks the ball out.
0: Yeah. That'd be good too. I like yeah,
1: that. If he could do that. Cause you know, our defense had troubles doing that as well. Oh, my
0: goodness. That was absolutely ridiculous. That was so frustrating.
1: That was pathetic. It was. Two interceptions.
0: This year was so. It was kind of a weird year. It was fun to watch. But at the same time, it was just. So frustrating. And it was all about expectations.
1: Yeah. We had high expectations coming into the year.
0: Yeah, exactly. We had high expectations coming into the year. So we thought that we were going to be, not even, we talked about it. I mean, I went at the beginning of the season, I said that it's going to be probably 8 to 10 wins. I thought that we were going to go into the 10 range, but I said, you know, I think it's 8 to 10, give or take 2. So 8 is the baseline, give or take 2 wins. So the variance range I was really given was more like 6 to 10, which is kind of a weird variance, but I thought we were really more of an 8 and 8 team and if, whether or not we won the close games or lost them was going to determine whether or not we went to the 10 wins or we went to the 6 wins. Well, we didn't win close games, really. We we were in a bunch of them, but we didn't win them. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this last year was definitely worse than what we wanted, but you know, with those like expectations, the- it just was bad.
1: Yeah, just thinking of one right off the top of my head, that was a close game that we ended up losing. Uh, the Packers and close to the beginning of the year, Rodgers had some Rodgers magic and came back and won it on us in the final drive. Like, that was a close game. Came down to Rodgers, got the ball in his hands, and Rodgers does what Rodgers does.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was frustrating to watch stuff like that go happen for sure.
1: Yeah. He just like ate up our defense. Just yeah. went.
0: I mean, coming into this year, we were. We were expecting Jimmy G to kind of continue to light the world up. We did expect him to come down a little bit. You can't sustain elite play like he did for those five games in the year before consistently over an entire season. So, you know, come down to earth a little bit, but still perform like Jimmy Garoppolo. But that didn't happen, of course. Right. So when he got hurt, that was just. That was so frustrating. Um, You know, it, it started before the season started. You know, it started with Jerick McKinnon.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: and it just never ended and then with Matt Breida even with Matt Breida every time I saw him run I was just it was so exciting and thrilling to watch him run but every time I was like oh every time he got hit I was like oh my goodness did did he just roll that ankle I was always how many times did he lay fall down on the turf after a hit and just lay there and then get back up go to the sidelines and come back in it happened like half the games
1: Mhm. it's like wait a fly hit him Oh boy, I'm. Is he okay?
0: Yeah, and then the defense just couldn't make stops. The the defense was kind of a weird defense. They they were a Jekyll and Hyde. They would have, they would have really good games where they were playing well, and then they would have two or three plays where they just completely blew it in the secondary, really, where they would lose coverage, and then you know massive giant touchdowns, and that's why we were losing those close games is because we would just occasionally have a lapse in coverage, either mental errors or scheme errors or whatever it may be. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a I'm not a coach, but I can see when you get burnt. Yeah. And, you, know, you have an eighty yard touchdown pass. I can you see you don't that. have
1: to be an expert to watch uh, Christian Kirk go was that eighty yards or something?
0: Remember that? that? One. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Like, I think that was Witherspoon first play of the game or something. Just Kirk on a post route and doesn't stop.
0: So overall you think what type of, I guess the way I would say it is like threat condition, but uh, we're not, we're not talking military stuff. Uh, What kind of, how aggressive should we actually be in free agency? We have right now it, it came out to like $64 million after the Gary Gilliam release, right? Um, it it was, they said it was reported like 5.5 million, but there was some stipulations and, uh, something else that happened. And so when it was all said and done, it was like 4.6 million is what we were getting back or something like that. So we're right around 65 million right now. Uh, we cut Pierre Garcon. I think I read that that was going to be 2 million. So we really should be somewhere around 66 million Mm -hmm. in cap space. I mean, that's not official. I don't have, um, over the cap up right now, looking at it, but we're around 66 million. How aggressive do we need to be with that money, bringing in free agencies? Very, very, very aggressive. yeah. What about DeForest Buckner? Or you know, we gotta should we sign well, him to a contract earlier?
1: Very aggressive, but like aggressive but smart. You know what I mean by that?
0: I, uh, well, the go ahead.
1: Official on over the cap right now is like it's sixty-five mil. Okay. Officially. Like, I want us to be aggressive and get players, but not, like, aggressive and go after guys like Trey Flowers. Get players that are going to, like, help this team a lot, but then know that you have players that need to be signed. So, like, not yeah. just, like, left, right, center, you know, we're going to sign Earl Thomas, Trey Flowers, C.J. Mosley, Anthony Barr, Bradley Roby, Ronald Darby. Like, not that, but, like,
0: I say we bring in as good of a pass rusher as we can. We do that. Then we bring in, like I said, uh, the average talent at at cornerback. We want NFL players. We want average NFL players that can play on any football team. Maybe they're not starters on all thirty-two teams. Maybe they're starters on twenty-two teams instead of the, you know, the other ten elite cornerbacks out there. Whatever it may be. Bring in guys that can create competition. Last year there was not competition. Witherspoon knew he was the starting cornerback. He needs that competition. He needs somebody pushing him for that starting position. Uh, that is how I feel about it. So pass rush, bring in some decent cornerbacks. Then you know, bring in a safety whatever it may be, I kind of like the same approach. Earl Thomas would be nice. I'm, I'm all about it. If we get Earl Thomas, I'm perfectly fine with it. But if we just go out and get some some, you know, nice safety talent out there, that doesn't have to be an Earl Thomas type type player. I mean, we want it to be a type player like Earl Thomas that plays a kind of same type of scheme, but not that caliber, you know,
1: mm-hmm.
0: potentially. Um, so that's how I see it. I see I say we take as good of a pass rusher as we can get, and then we bring, in, we bring in talent that may not be the starter for three years but can create that competition for two years mm-hmm. while we have our guys. We don't need another young developmental cornerback. We have those guys. We already have them on the roster, mm-hmm. and uh, so now we need people that can actually start if those guys don't pan out.
1: Yeah, this is a little bit off topic, but I kind of have to say it. Unless we get to the third or fourth round and a guy named Rock Yasin mm-hmm. is in the draft, I want to see him drafted because of his name. What is it? Rock Yasin.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> what position does he play? Corner. Okay, I'm down with that. Yeah, there's some pretty good corners, I think, in this draft, and we'll get it's, into that.
1: It's It's a pretty good corner class. I mean, yeah. he's actually pretty talented, but I mean... Do I actually want to see him drafted? I don't know. But because of the name, that name's amazing. If Greedy Williams was a free safety, that would be a good name too. I mean, it's good for a corner. Greedy always wanting the ball. Greedy Williams.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Okay, so uh, I think that covers a lot of our defense right there. We've talked about the positions that we think are important, the order that we really want them, kind of how aggressive we want to be in free agency. You know, we want to definitely make sure that we keep Buckner around doing that kind of stuff. And I think that we're going to.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And a lot of this is going to be, free agency is going to determine the draft. What positions we bring into this this team during free agency is going to determine what we draft. And really, the I don't know if it's going to have a huge effect on the first round if we stay at number two. Um, as far as what we bring in free agency, I think if we stay at number two, we're going to take the best talent available. At the defensive line position, I, I really don't see us mm-hmm. going to any other position. Now, if we trade back, that changes things. I don't especially, think,
1: especially when it comes mm-hmm. to the draft. Sorry, I just cut you off. I know. No, you're fine. When it comes to draft, I don't think, with what we need, I don't think there's anybody worth drafting that's not defensive line at number two for us.
0: We, yeah. I mean, for us, I think that that's the position, right?
1: Yeah. It's a D line.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, I personally, and we'll get into that in a little bit. I'm, I'm not. I'm going to be happy if we take a defensive uh, pass rusher at number two. I'm also going to be happy if we trade back and get a couple more picks because, guys, we need talent. We need more than just one or two pieces. We need three, four, five pieces on the defense to make this team a good team.
1: Hmm. I also, I was reading this article though. That was kind of hinting towards not trading back. It was Kyle Shanahan. It's kind of Kyle Shanahan and the rest of the staff is what it was down as. And it's talking about how we're going for quality picks, not quantity picks.
0: Yeah, but if you have, let's say, a pick, uh, number six overall, and then a number, I don't know, 20 pick or whatever, wherever we trade all in the first round. Do you think you can get two quality players for that? Probably.
1: Probably. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, who, who did we want last year at, um, they got taken right before us.
1: They got taken right before us. Mm -hmm. I think that would go down as Roquan Smith.
0: It would go down as Roquan Smith. Was he a quality player? Yeah. 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 He's not number two overall, right? No. Yeah. That's kind of my point is that, What was it? It was something like only a third, only a third of all first round draft picks pan out and actually become successful NFL players at the caliber that they were drafted to be.
1: Yeah, that, that number actually, it makes sense.
0: All right. So the more picks you have in the first round, the greater likelihood you have of having a successful player. Think about that. Of all the scouting departments, all the millions of dollars that all these teams are putting together one third of those positions become successful. So, I mean, do these these, these scouting departments, are they really that good?
1: Mm, I don't know. Just imagine how hard that would be. And it's also, there's so many variables involved. I mean, a lot of it, you come down you see, like, first-round draft picks, you see, like, injury. You'll see injury destroy a player.
0: Like, see that? we were you talking see about that? Clowney. So yeah. do we really want Clowney? Clowney's a Clowney's a good player, but how often is he on the field?
1: Not super. I also – I need to like stop getting off the draft topic.
0: <laughs> Brendan Graham. Time. So, Brendan Graham, how many times does he line offsides, Line up offsides in a game? Quite a few. <laughs> right.
1: Okay. Here's one for you. How many times does oh, – I guess that would only be one, but – how many times has D. Ford blew a Super Bowl chance for the Chiefs?
0: Mm, I don't know how many. That
1: would be a one, but
0: oh yeah, yeah,
1: that's funny. He's also a free agent.
0: But yeah, D. Ford. Yeah, that was pretty egregious.
1: Lines up off, man.
0: Yeah, that was D. Ford that did that, and he did it again in the Pro Bowl. Did you see that? I did. Yeah. Yeah, it was D4. It wasn't Brennan Graham. It was D4 that did the line on offsides, line up offsides. Yeah. Yeah, that was crazy.
1: I remember sitting there rooting for the Chiefs, my grandma's house, watching the game, rooting for the Chiefs, see the interception, jump out of my chair excited just because I didn't want to see the Patriots in another Super Bowl. And then I saw the yellow flag and I was like, no, no, no. Yeah, it is.
0: Yeah, that's the end of the game.
1: Yeah. You. If you don't line up outside, your team goes to the Super Bowl.
0: Yeah. yeah. That's the end of the game. I, I just can't believe that they did that.
1: Okay. Something that I really... I kind of missed it myself. But when it comes to how aggressive we're going to be, what are you thinking there? Because kind of a big one that will come for us another day. But what if we ended up like sit, figuring something out with AB. That's going to change a lot.
0: With Antonio Brown as far as how aggressive we should be with that?
1: Mm-hmm. Cuz that's a lot of cap money. A lot of money. It's
0: not that it's not that much cap money. Um because of the way the contract is structured, if we trade for AB, anybody that trades for AB, it's like 12 million this year, 11 million next year that they'll have to pay out of pocket for AB.
1: I was holy crap. The source I was looking at was way off.
0: Well, it was it's it's all dependent on how how it all works out, but the Steelers are gonna have to pay some of that money. So the trade offer for the team that gets A B, it isn't gonna be as severe as you might think it would be because of the signing bonus and the way it, it was all structured. So it's not you're not gonna end up paying the what is it, twenty one million he's due this year? Yeah. And um, it's right around there. It's around 21 million. And then the like 19 million or whatever as the years progress that it gets more and more, I think as the years progress that you are, you are going to pay, but it isn't as much as you might think. I was looking at that breakdown and we'll have to do an actual podcast where we research it. Cause I can't remember how the details work, but there's also the trade deadline and how that plays off with a B. But I mean, as far as I'm concerned and get them, I mean, you know, let's let's bring in Trey Flowers. Let's bring in uh, Graham. You know, whatever we need to do, bring in one or two of those guys. Put them on the outside, trade for AB, trade our second overall. And I don't think you're going to have to trade the second overall with what's going on. I think that his trade value has really jumped down. I mean, if you have to trade a second or third round pick and get AB and pay a bunch of money, man, do it. You know, absolutely.
1: Look, looking from the outside in, I'm not for sure. I'm not for sure Lynch is going to want to give. I mean, I couldn't give the exact numbers, but I was seeing he's seeing stuff like fours and sixes going around, like fourth round draft picks, 6th round draft picks.
0: Do you don't what, think we'd be willing to give that up?
1: With no, I don't know because with Lynch, Lynch with what he's trying to do in that locker room, is AB going to be a nuisance in the locker room? Yeah, I mean the the domestic violence thing that went on. He got a speeding ticket, and he was going like a hundred some,
0: yeah, and then all the pressure he's had, mhm, I, I mean, mean the all the like Twitter stuff, and yeah, I mean, I get it.
1: does Lynch want that in his locker room
0: yeah it's it's a hard sell, right? I mean
1: so is I mean that's just questioning for me, is he going to want to give up that draft capital for a guy that I mean, who knows, maybe it's terrible locker room.
0: I say do it. I say shoot shoot for the stars. Let's let's get the talent. I mean, if I could pick though, I would rather take Odell Beckham Jr.
1: Yeah, I'd like to see OBJ. I'd rather see OBJ too.
0: He's I mean, trouble too. I mean, I get it. He's he's a drama queen for sure. I mean drama, he's a drama queen. queen I don't mean he's a, a diva is how they say that, right? He's a diva. Yeah. So yeah. he's a diva, but uh and on top of it, he he's a diva with a lot of money that had doesn't play a full season. I mean, he always missed two or three games every year. So there's risks with him as well. But, I mean, when he is on the field, he is a star.
1: Yeah. And the way I think of it, though, I think of it a little bit different, though. So Antonio Brown, what it sounds like is he has issues off the field at this point. OBJ, mm-hmm. like a lot of his issues come down to he has that much passion for the game, looking from the outside in. I mean, looking from where I am right now, I'm like, I'm not there in that locker room. I can't – I don't know what's going on personally. But from what it looks like, it's he has that much care for the game.
0: What it looks like to me is he. it looks like he's trying to use NBA tactics in the NFL. In the NBA, the players have the control. They say, I want to be traded. I want to be traded to this team, and I want to do that. And the reason why they do that is because if they say, I want to play for this team, then other teams won't trade very much capital because they know that they're just going to move on to that team later. Well, the NFL does not work that way. You do not have that type of control. So that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to control I, my opinion, of course, you know, Paul McGachie's opinion is that AB is trying to do an NBA type turnaround in the NFL for free agency, trying to control his way out of the team
1: hmm Yeah. Well, unless you're the Pelicans, of course.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I mean that's typically how they work, right? Yeah, the Pelicans. Yeah, I know. Unless you're the I Pelicans you just like no. Yeah, we went to a concert, uh, Sony and I, up at the stadium, what is it, a Smoothie King Stadium where they play? Yeah. hmm <laughs> The Pelicans.
1: Yeah. I was looking at a few things and it was quite funny. Because they're talking about how the Pelicans – I mean, it was just like myths. I mean, probably not true, but uh, talking about how the Pelicans – So, they got all these trade offers, and like they said LeBron James, but the Lakers, they offered like Kuzama and a bunch of guys for Anthony Davis.
0: Yeah, the team. Yeah, the team yeah. except for LeBron. And, mm-hmm. then,
1: and then the Pelicans, they put all of that out, like put the entire trade out. And if you look, like, that destroyed the team. Like, if you look at them, like, before and after, they made a good point. Before, like, they're all, de- like, pack, like, a tight family type thing. And now it's like, uh, no.
0: Yeah, because the players don't feel safe yeah. anymore. Uh, there's, there's a really good like- book that talks about that and talks about security and how you feel within your organization and and how you respond. And it's called "Eaters uh, Leaders Eat Last. And I'm, I was actually just reading that before we started the podcast and we were talking about that exact thing or they were talking about that exact thing where, you know, the, the more you, the safer you feel, the team cohesion kind of comes together and you come together as a team and you, you achieve and overcome together. But that moment when you realize that the organization no longer has your best interest in, in mind, then now you have that fight or flight type response where you have fear. And you will no longer give back to the organization the same way that you used to. And that's exactly what happened before they were like, you know what, we're in this together. We're going to make it through it together. We're going to we're going to be a team um, because I know that you are looking out for me. And even if those those players knew that they weren't going to be there in two or three years, they were brought in and told that we believe in you this year. Well, then that trade offer happened and now they know how that organization truly sees them. So we kind of changed that mindset. Anyways, we, it sounds like we're about ready to, it's time for us to end the podcast. We're talking about NBA and neither one of us watch the NBA. So
1: no, I just, I look at it. I'm not a big NBA fan, but I, I look at it sometimes.
0: I, how I watch the NBA is I don't really watch the games. I like to listen to storylines. I use it as like a soap opera.
1: I just like, yeah, I like the storylines just like, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I listen to the talk radio shows and and then follow some of the players, you know, but I don't really watch the games that much. Not until the playoffs.
1: Yeah. Ooh, one thing, one thing. Looking into a few things here, some last second things I see. What do you think about if if CJ Mosley, linebacker for the Ravens, were to hit free agency? I mean, looking at it, the Ravens are really making him priority to come back, even if it includes using the franchise on him. Tag, but what if CJ Mosley were to hit the market? What'd you think there? Bring in an elite level guy to pair up with Fred Warner.
0: I say we don't spend the money at that position. I say we put the money someplace else like the edge rush. We can't afford to bring in two really good players. Now there isn't. Honestly, I haven't thought about it that much. Um, I would be more than happy to bring him in. There really isn't an elite level edge rush. Talent out there, but we have to be careful where we spend the money. So I think that if, before we do it, we really have to be deliberate and we have to understand what Mosley brings to the team, how it's going to affect it. So when you look at NFL teams on defense, you'll see how teams are built from the inside out or outside in. And I really, honestly believe that in today's NFL, with the rules the way they are, you have to build from the outside in and that's you have to take care of those cornerbacks, the cornerbacks, the safeties, and then you worry about your linebackers. And I, I really do believe that. So I would be a little bit hesitant to, to spend elite level money or top tier money on a inside linebacker when I think that the the value and the, and the direction of the game has really transitioned from the inside, plugging up the inside to uh, preventing the outside. I think that that's really the outside threats. I think that's that's kind of my answer.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I see, I see, I see your point there. Like that's a very valid point. I just, if CJ Mosley were to go to free agency, I'd like to see this, at least put offers for him, try to get him. Yeah, I mean, especially looking into it.
0: I mean, if we can get him for the right price, I say bring him in. I'm for sure. We definitely need more linebacker depth. I mean, it's that is, that is a clear a clear need for he us.
1: He would be a clear cut number one linebacker on the team at that point. Hmm. I mean, I don't know. Well, that's all I got.
0: Yep, yeah, man, that's all I got. I love you, Wyatt.
1: Love you, Dad.